Well, it's not far down to paradise. At least it's not for me. And if the wind is right, you can sail away. Find tranquility. Oh, the canvas can do miracles. Just you wait and see. to pretend that if the wind is right you can find the door to innocence again oh the canvas can do miracles just you wait and see believe me here we go sailing takes me away Thank you, Quartet Unity Band. Good morning. I'm Margie Olson, privileged to be on your Board of Trustees, here to just share a few announcements with you. Um, first, if you would take out any device that you have with you and check in. Let people know that you're here at Unity Man Minneapolis and they're welcome here. And then, if you would switch it to airplane mode or turn it off to reduce the frequencies, this would give us all the benefit of this service. Uh, this afternoon at 1.30, the Pet and Gills will do the fourth installment of their four gospel series, The Divinity of Jesus, Who Was He? Always interesting, please join us. And then tomorrow evening, Jay Peterson, who is a student, I don't know if you know any of these names, Joe Dispenza, Bruce Lipton, Greg Braden, these uh, men have been around a long time, he's going to do a flip your script workshop with a discussion and a guided meditation, so you want to look for that. And then Tuesday night, the men's group meets at 6.30, and Margie Black at 7 will present a workshop on the art of selfishness or self-care. This is a follow-up to today's lesson, so come back and delve a little deeper uh, to know how to get more balance in your life. 
Women of Unity meets next Saturday at 9.30. All women are welcome. The subject this month is, Who Have I Come Here to Be? And then on Sunday, Kathy Grutenhus is going to offer the first of a two-part series on healing your body. And then, if you hadn't heard, great gatherings are underway. So maybe several of you have attended them. They have been wildly successful. This is a place for us to have connections with each other. And um, there are some conversations going on in the world right now that are really not that fun to be a part of. So if you look to your left and look to your right, these are the people we want to be talking to as often as we can. Great gatherings is the place to do that. Uh, Judith Killian, who is on the board, will be out in the garden court, and she can talk to you about attending or thinking of some great gatherings that you may want to participate in or host. So join us for that. And then this month is recruiting for prayer chaplains. So after the service today, Margie Black and Andrea Kaiserman will be in the sanctuary. Um, and then they'll meet with anyone who is interested in learning more about being a prayer chaplain here at Unity Minneapolis. Those who are interested would need to attend an affirmative prayer workshop, which is on Saturday, February 8th at 10. It's a requirement for all prayer chaplains. So that's a lot of announcements, but there's a lot more going on at Unity Minneapolis, and you can get that information out in the Garden Court. Also, if you don't receive our weekly digital newsletter that has this information, the peak at the week, you can sign up for that out in the Garden Court as well. And now, Reverend Pat will open with prayer. Thank you. Thank you. So join me in our opening prayer. Let's just go within. And we center ourselves in this very moment in the divine presence within. We feel that presence today. And we know this presence within as healing, as life, joy. We are indeed grateful. And this morning we especially hold in our hearts those that have requested our prayers, those that are experiencing challenges in our community. We give thanks that God is present right in the midst of what is happening in our lives. We give thanks that indeed we are beloved children of God. We give thanks that nothing can separate us from this loving presence always present, just a thought away on our part. So we feel this gratitude this morning. And together we say, thank you, God. Together, thank you, God. And again, thank you, God. And again, thank you, God. Let's applaud this day, okay? Let's stand for our opening song. today, so Lori is her stunt double, and uh, we're sending affirmative and healing wishes to her this morning. I hope she's watching. Gratitude before me, gratitude behind me, gratitude to the left of me, gratitude to the right of me, gratitude above me, gratitude below. So 
wow. I, I looked out there and I saw some of you swinging to that. That was beautiful. Uh, and I'm, I'm so grateful. And I was looking and I just felt gratitude. Thank you for that beautiful song this morning. And just don't you feel grateful this morning? Yeah, I mean, when we come together collectively like this, our gratitude just multiplies. So we come together in community, and we are grateful for this community. And I was looking out there today, gosh, this is not a sermon, Pat. What are you doing right now, okay? <laughs> but as, as I was looking out there, I felt so grateful to be in service to this community. Isn't it wonderful that we're all here together doing what we've called to do by spirit? So we're glad that you're with us today. And one of our core values is that of welcoming. So we invite you to allow us to welcome you this morning. If you're with us for the first, second, or third time, we invite you just to take your courage in your hand. Courage, courage, courage in your hand and raise your hand as I raise my hand. First, second, or third time guest. Yes, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up until our ushers get to you. Keep our hands up until our ushers get to you. The packet of information you're receiving tells you a lot about Unity Minneapolis. There's a card in that packet. If you choose to fill out any part of that card, turn that into our book desk, and we have a gift for you. The rose is a gift from our congregation so that we can give you that personal one-on-one -on -one welcome. And we are so grateful that you're with us this morning. All that's important, and yet one of the most important things that's said on this platform each and every Sunday morning is this, and that is, my dear friends, Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, wherever that may be, you're welcome here. We welcome you, we bless you, we behold the living presence of the divine within you. We also welcome those that are live streaming with us today. We give thanks that you've decided to join us as well. Can we appreciate these guests? Thank you. And we greet each other with a handshake, a hug, a smile, namaste. We ask before we... Let's do it. So I invite you to join us for coffee and tea. I invite you to join us for coffee and tea following today's service. I'm amazed at how far some of you travel in this sanctuary to greet each other. I saw someone on this side and now I see him on this side. I am grateful that. And join us for coffee and tea for conversation. Let's just settle in, take that deep breath, settle in, and prepare for the reading of the daily word. The daily word. We now move deeper into spirit with reading of the daily word. As the usher brings down the prayer box, you're invited to mentally add your prayers to the written requests in the box. After the service, the prayer box is located in the garden court where you may add your written requests. Your prayers are then prayed with by our prayer ministry for seven days. And then they're forwarded to silent unity where they're prayed with for an additional 30 days. The word for today is let go and let God. And we affirm, I let God be God in me. Meister Eckert, the 14th century German mystic taught, all that God asks you most pressingly to do is go out of yourself and let God be God in you. Reflecting on Eckert's words, I remember that whatever I'm doing, I need never feel frustrated by the limits of human wisdom and understanding. Letting go and letting God reminds me that God's presence is with me throughout every experience of my life. God's love, life, wisdom, understanding, and strength are mine. 
Even my inner power of release works through me whenever I call upon it. My human self, together with the indwelling presence of God, the Christ in me, brings good into my life. And from John chapter 14, verse 10, the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. The word for today is let God let go. This is our time to come together and commune with the divine. 
So I invite you to begin to relax your body into your seat. If you have anything in your lap, in your hands, or on your mind that may get in the way of this communion with the Spirit, I invite you to just gently set it aside for this moment. Take that deep cleansing breath that allows your consciousness to go within. And as you go within, be open. Open to hear the messages that are coming to us in every moment. And in this moment, listen to your body. What are the messages that your body is sending you about what it needs to be comfortable, to move with ease and grace? to do all of the things that it needs to do as it moves you through your spiritual journey every day. Just listen to what your body is telling you. And then move your attention to your mind. What are your thoughts and your emotions trying to get through about what your mind needs to be comfortable, to do all of the things that are required as you move through your day and your life. What is your mind telling you? And then shift your attention to your soul What is your soul letting you know that is necessary in order for this journey that all of us are on to be effective, to be joyous, to be free and amazing? Because in every moment, our bodies and our minds and our souls are letting us know what they need. And so as we move into the silence, we set an intention to listen to the messages that we are being sent. And we listen in the silence. And so as we begin to return our consciousness to this space and time, 
We are so grateful to have the opportunity to take this moment and listen to the messages that we're getting. And we set an intention as we return to listen more frequently to the requests that are made by our bodies, by our minds, and by our souls, and to then provide what is requested. And for all of our many blessings, but for especially these amazing vehicles that transport us through our lives, we say, thank you, God. And so it is. And so we let it be. Amen.
So I'd like to start out with a a joke, and some of you might have heard this before, but I remember the words of one of my ministers. Use it again, Pat. Half of them weren't there. The half that were there were asleep. So about a quarter of you have heard this joke. So an older, tired-looking dog wandered into the yard, and I could tell from his collar he was well-fed, and his well-fed belly, that he had a home and he was well taken care of. He calmly came over to me, I gave him a few pats on his head, and then he followed me into my house. Slowly walked down the hall, curled up in the corner, and fell asleep. An hour later, he went to the door, and I let him out. The next day, he was back, greeted me in the yard, walked inside, and resumed his spot in the hall, and again slept for about an hour. This continued on and off for several weeks. Curious, I pinned a note to his collar. I would like to find out who the owner of this wonderful, sweet dog is and ask, are you aware that almost every afternoon your dog comes to my house for a nap? (laughs) The next day he arrived for his nap with a different note pinned to his collar. He lives in a home with six children, two under the age of three. He's trying to catch up on his sleep. Can I come with him tomorrow? (laughs) I thought that was perfect for self-care, didn't you? I thought it was perfect for self-care. Wow. You know, we're in this wonderful series of really learning how to use our teachings in a practical way. And I love what someone said to me this morning as I was greeting you, that not only does he come and he learns, but he can take these things out into the world. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's what we do here. We transform lives. And so we started just two weeks ago by looking at the importance of vision. If you were with us, you might remember that we, t- we shared that we rise no higher than the vision that we hold. And without vision, we perish, according to Scripture. And then last week, Reverend Tony, one of our candidates for the associate minister position, talked about prosperity and the importance of prosperity in our life and reminded us one more time, reminded us one more time that prosperity is so much more than money. Yeah, we can have all the money in the world, and if we're not feeling healthy, we don't feel very prosperous, do we? So it's so much more than just money, and that's what we teach here as well. And Charles Fillmore even says, it's that consciousness, the consciousness of the divine as the source of all good in our life. And then today's lesson, the art of selfishness. And then let me tell you two things that kind of inspired this lesson for me today. One had to do with my own life. And one had to do with people that often come to see me. I'm so blessed to be in a position where people come in for what we refer to as spiritual counseling. I am not a therapist. Let me say that one more time. I am not a therapist, okay? But I refer to therapists. Don't misunderstand me. I refer to therapists. But people come to see me, and I find out that often what they're challenged with in their life is they are so so challenged in meeting the needs of other people that they seem to neglect their own needs. I won't ask for a show of hand, but I would be the first one to put mine up. And so it's important, my friends, that we take care of our own needs. And I know that that's one of the things that I struggle with personally in ministry. And my board, oh my God, they're constantly on my (laughs) derriere about (laughs) taking care of myself taking care, and they remind me that if I don't take care of myself, then I'm not available to take care of others. Can anyone relate to that other than me? Oh my gosh, yes, yes. And yet, it's not like, you know, there's, there's so much wonderful things going here at Unity Minneapolis. Have you noticed that? And I want to be a part of all of it, you know? And so, sometimes I get that challenge about, no, you also need to Take care of yourself. And yet I find myself saying, yes, 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 as opposed to thinking, no is a complete sentence. No is a complete sentence. 
but I love what I do. And I know that many of you are challenged in that same way. I know that you love what you do in your family. You love your family. I know that you love your jobs. Many of you love your jobs, your relationships. So sometimes it is a challenge, truly a challenge, to take care of our own needs. This past week, our staff did a small off-site, and we were looking at the first and the second quarters of this, this year. And so we began with our staff putting up what we referred to as Big Rocks, and we changed the name immediately because Big Rocks seemed so heavy. So we picked it, big opportunities, big opportunities. One of the first things I put on the board was self-care is my big opportunity. And I hope that self-care is one of your big opportunities as well. Well, the title of this lesson, you know, The Art of Selfishness, The Art of Selfishness, was also a title of a book. And The Art of Selfishness was written by David Seabury, and it was written in 1937. He is a psychiatrist, and that is still used today quite often. Can you imagine writing that book in 1937 on what was going on? The title alone gave him tremendous pushback, especially from the religious communities, especially from the religious communities. But the art of selfishness, he says, this is his premise. He says that what is good for us in our heart, now I want you to say, what is good for us in our heart is truly good for all of those concerned in the situation. Can anyone relate to that as well? You know, it's so important for us to be sure that it's in our heart. Because sometimes if we don't come from making the decisions with our heart, then we get ourselves in trouble. We can go to that place sometimes that, oh, I'm not making it with my, not my heart, I'm making it with my intellect. How many times have we made decisions when we knew in our heart it was not the right decision to make? Diddly squat, I don't like that, do you know? And yet sometimes we do it. And it's so imperative that we use the heart to make those decisions with. In fact, Charles, Fil Charles Fillmore has said this about the heart. He says, the heart includes wisdom and judgment and intuition in all the departments of the mind that come under the head of knowing. The heart is the locus of physical and spiritual being and represents central wisdom or feeling as opposed to head wisdom or reason. It is compassion and understanding, life-giving. My goodness, the heart is love. And I think sometimes what happens in we making our decision, we get all the intellect, and don't misunderstand me, that's so necessary. We get the facts. We let the intellect be there but we have to go with our heart. Have you done that before in relationships? Nobody has. <laughs> you must have put down the list. I like, I like, I dis, I don't, I do, 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 do. And the bottom line is that list means diddly squat. You're going to move with your heart. And that's what we have to do is when we make those decisions to do or not to do, we have to do with the heart. You know, Mr. Seabury, in his book, he tells the story of a young doctor. And this young doctor has uh, just finished medical school and started a small practice in his town. His mother lived with him. She was a widower. And she lived with him. And suddenly he discovered that he wanted to go to Europe and study for four years. And he was so concerned, so concerned because his mother was dependent on some of his income. And if he left, he would have to live, she would have to live in a very, very modest way. And besides, what would people think? What would people think if he went off to Europe and left his mother there to fend for herself? Just because he wanted to go to Europe and study with this psychiatrist. When he made the decision to go, 
We made the decision to go, and, and after four years, he returned. And it was a struggle for his mother while he was gone. And yet, when he returned, he opened his practice with this new techniques and new medical ways of doing things, and his practice just flourished. And suddenly, his business began to grow, flourish, and he and his mother moved into a home they had never dreamed of that they could afford, that they could afford. And she was enjoying the prestige of the success of her son. Was he selfish? No. He followed his heart in return to continue to, 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 to follow his heart, and they prospered greatly. I think so often what happens is we stay in situations because we ought to, or at least someone says we ought to. I think we see it in relationships, do we not? In relationships, how many people stick together in horrible relationships? And yet they want to be, maybe the man or the woman wants to be perceived as this is the good Christian thing to do. Besides, I took the vow until death do us part. Diddly squat. I very seldom ever use till death do us part in our vows, unless they insist on it. Because it's important sometimes, my friends, that we end relationships. And we don't end them lightly. We don't end them lightly. But we also have to be careful, my friends, that we are not staying in a relationship because of the fear and the courage that it takes to end one. Same thing with our jobs. What about staying in a job that you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired in the same old job? Yes, okay, I appreciate that. Those of you that are streaming, someone said, you find another job. Yes, that's the answer. I can move to my next point. Okay, so no. But sometimes what happens is we stay in this job because we ought to or we're afraid to or the company has been so good to us. Or maybe we come to church. Ooh. <laughs> maybe we come to church because we feel like we ought to, or we feel like we will go to hell if we don't. Let me assure each and every one of you on Sunday morning when I look out here and I see you, I hope and pray that you're not here because you ought to or you feel guilty about coming here or not coming here. And so, my dear friends, I can assure you none of you are going to hell, okay? And the only hell that we go to is the hell that we create where? In our mind. And most of us that come here, we've already been to hell. We just find heaven right here. So I am so grateful. Again, it's so important that we look at why we are doing things in our life. And let's be sure that why we are doing things is not to just to please someone else. Because you see, we have a unique pattern within us that is unfolding. Does the oak tree look to the other oak tree to see how it's doing? Or does the rose look to the rose to see how it's blooming? We have the same pattern, the same life within us, and we can dare to be who and what we are. And we don't have to worry about what other people think. Oh, that's a challenge, is it not? Because we want approval. We want to be sure that we're doing the right thing. I was in a uh, 12, I go to a 12 step meeting who shall, shall remain, <laughs> shall remain anonymous. But uh, I go to a 12 step meeting and it was so, it was so wonderful yesterday to hear a reading there 
I will not share the meeting or all of the reading, but I want to share something. I thought, oh my goodness, this is me. This is from the book of Matthew. <laughs> the quote is, if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall in the ditch. <laughs> Think about that. You know, <laughs> we laugh, but it's so true, isn't it? The blind cannot lead the blind. We fall in a ditch. And sometimes we don't know what to do, and we go ask someone else what to do. And they don't know what to do either. Goes, I found independence when I came into this 12-step program. Self-honesty and program enables me to trust my perceptions and listen to my feelings. I am no longer attracted to people who would have me believe they know what's best for me. My higher power is the only source from which I seek such knowledge. So that, my dear friends, does not mean that we don't get in our decision-making process, that we don't get other people's opinions, our therapists, our friends that we go to church with. But ultimately, the decision that has to be made is yours. And that is between you and the divine. And I believe, as Mr. Seabury said, when we make that decision from our heart, then not only is it good for me, but it's good for all concerned. Do you believe that? Yes. yes. And yet, sometimes it's truly a challenge to make those decisions. I am a child of God. Together, I am a child of God. I know what to do, together. I know what to do, and I do it, and I do it. My dear friends, you know what to do. You do it, and you do it from the heart. And in the process of this, you take self-care. And there is no firm definition about self-care. Self-care can look many different ways for different people. You know, it's like, I love the song that you did, you know, heart, what was it? Give me the, give, I can be bigger, harder. And I turned to Robin and I said, I can be bigger, stronger, harder, and take care of myself, you know? So that's the deal. We take care of ourselves. And this is Melody Baby, one of my favorite authors. She says, And I, am I caught up in the belief that others are responsible for making me happy? Then I need to correct my belief system. I am responsible for myself. Do I feel anxious and concerned about a responsibility I've been neglected? Then perhaps I need to let go of my fears and tend to the responsibility. Do I feel overwhelmed? Maybe I need to journey back, back to that place where I know that God is the source of all good in my life. There's no formula for self-care. We each have a guide within us. We need to ask, what do I need to do to take loving, responsible care of myself? And then we need to listen to the answer. Self-care it's not that difficult. The most challenging part is trusting the answer and following through once we hear it. And I agree with her on that. We know what to do. Spirit is spoken to us, and yet it takes courage and it takes faith to overcome the fear of all those people out there that saying, oh, Reverend Pat, you ought to do it. You should do it. I've had too many people shooting on me. Have you noticed that? <laughs> and you have too. The art of selfishness is about taking care of yourself, putting your mask on first before you assist those without the mask. And only by doing that can you help me meet the needs of others. I love you, I bless you, and I behold the living presence of self-care within you. And so it is, amen.
Thank you very much. I'm going to invite our ushers to come forth as we prepare to receive our tithes and our gifts and our offerings. If you're giving your gift with someone, just hold it together, bless it together. So let's take that deep breath together. Giving thanks for self-care, giving thanks that we have all the time we need in the divine to do what is ours to do. And we do it with great love, great love. So now let's affirm together our church offertory blessing found in the order of service. Together, divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am, and silently. Thank you, God. So we take a moment and we just, uh, we just give thanks. We give thanks with hearts just full of gratitude for all the gifts that makes our mission and vision possible. So we bless them and we send them forth to fulfill our vision and mission of a transformed world. And we say, thank you, God. Together, thank you, God. And so it is. Amen.
inviting our on-duty unity prayer chaplains to please stand. These individuals stepped into service today. They arrived early. They held sacred space, and they're here today to hold that sacred space with you, to listen with the ear of their heart, to pray aloud with you, and then to hold what they have heard in the strictness of confidence. So today, if you have a prayer request, by all means, seek out a unity prayer chaplain, and you too can be a unity prayer chaplain. If you're interested in that, we invite you to meet with Andrea and Margie right here. They'll meet, meet you at the lectern and answer any questions you have about being a prayer chaplain. Also, these two will be facilitating a class on Tuesday evening and on self-care, on self-care. So if you, like, if you want to dive a little deeper, have conversations, this is the place to be. Thank you very much, and you may be seated. Speaking of self-care, this was a setup today for you. <laughs> not really, but it was, I will not be here for the next two Sundays. I will be doing self-care. Aren't you pleased with me? Yes. I, we will be, um, I'll let you know, you know everything about me. But we'll be, we'll be spending a week, Eddie will be coming with me, and we'll be spending a week at the Unity uh, Mid-Year Meetings for Unity Worldwide Ministries. It's a, diff, it's a different kind of self-care that week. And then we'll be spending some time with our, my family in Alabama, and so, hold that in prayer, by all means. <laughs> we'll be spending some time in prayer. And we'll go down in Florida and visit some friends as well. So, but I've got you covered. Next week, we are called Cancel, 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 Cancel Those Resentments. And Kevin Hudala, our ministerial student, will be speaking. And... The following week, Reverend Ray Nelson will be speaking on how to cure loneliness. Loneliness, so you want to hear that as well. Wow. So we, we've, got you, we've got you covered, right? Right. And since I won't be here, I'm going to be streaming with you, and I'm going to invite them to turn, you to all turn around and face the camera, and I'm going to see who's here and not here. <laughs> speaking of guilt, okay? Speaking of guilt. So how are you doing out there? Listen, this is your assignment this week. Ask in your life, you know, where can I do a better job of taking care of myself? And what I, the things that I'm doing in my life, am I doing it because other people expect it of me? Or am I doing it because I genuinely want to do it? You follow me? And so just notice, that's just a noticing. And then the third thing, the workshop. Come to the workshop and to have a lot of conversation around that. I hear children out there. I'm so blessed to have children in this community. Let's bring them in. Let's stand up and bring them in. everyone. Great to see your shining faces this morning. We had our last lesson on love with the preschool through the fifth grade, and then no more love. No. (laughs) Next month is compassion, so bring your kiddos back for that. We've got a love quilt started upstairs. We'll continue working on that with scenes of love that each child contributed to. And we did bunny puppets with the preschoolers. And we had a great training here yesterday with, for the YFM volunteers and a discussion on Friday night about how we reach families differently. So if you want to know more, come find me. Thanks, everyone. Mm-hmm. Wow, let's appreciate these adult volunteers. And Cassidy, when you said last lesson on love, my mind went to, oh, they're just beginning. They're just beginning these lessons. Let us know together our prayer for protection and our peace song. 
And speak to at least three people you don't know before you leave the sanctuary today, okay? <laughs> Speaking of love, okay? So, the light of God surrounds us. I am light. The love of God enfolds us. I am love. The power of God protects us. I am power. The presence of God watches over us. I am presence. Wherever we are, God is. I am divine and all is swell. <laughs>